The following episode of Not With A Bang was recorded like two weeks ago. Uh, I got the flu and then I was busy and I don't have to explain myself to you. The point is, uploading a podcast that covers news and politics two weeks after it was recorded might not be considered ideal, especially when much of the episode in question covers the Trump administration, which turns over new controversies and outrages faster than it turns over staff. So, listener, please cast your mind back two weeks to a simpler time when Sean Spicer had just resigned as press secretary. Anthony Scaramucci had been installed as White House communications director, but not yet fired 10 days later. Trump hadn't unilaterally decided to ban all transgender people from the military for no apparent reason. And the transcripts of his January phone calls to world leaders were but a twinkle in the eye of a horrified White House typist. Let's get ourselves in the right frame of mind. Remember Sean Spicer? Remember how silly he was? And Melissa McCarthy played him on TV and he didn't like that. Good times. All right, now please enjoy this historical episode from two weeks in the past. I have a dream. I have the best words. Not for the best. World, world, world war three. Not for the best. Under the doctrine of multiculturalism. Go back where you came from. Not for the best. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards nuclear holocaust. Retreat from the world. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Retreat from the world. Those who forget history are going to pee fine. Alternative facts. That is no such thing. With a bang. I am become the despair of worlds. Retreat from the world. Why? Do. World War III. I see. The rock. I wish that was dead. Hello, and welcome to Not With A Bang. I am one of your regular hosts, Pat McCaffrey, and in big news this week, global Batman crime... Sorry, spider... Sorry, sorry, global crime fighter Interpol released a list of 173 names of Islamic State fighters uh, to international sources. In completely unrelated news, the two people joining me this week are the always trustworthy Nellie Lollsworthy... Believe it. ...and Lance Turnbull... Uh, yeah, that's what they used to call me in high school. And this week, after an explosive interview with the New York Times, where Trump dumped all over Jeff Sessions like an incontinent bear walking into the woods with a copy of the New York Times, Trump took to Twitter to say, While all agree the US president has the complete power to pardon, why think of that when only crime so far is leaks against us? Fake news! Sorry, you just got to get the caps right. Uh, the, <laughs> the suggestion being in all of that, that if he wanted to, he'd be able to pardon members of his staff, uh, his family, his family's staff, or even himself if he needed to. But here's the thing. That's the sort of idea that while you're technically allowed to do, you probably shouldn't. You know, because it just looks bad. It's sort of like winning a hot dog eating competition. You know, like you're allowed to do it. But have you really won in the long term? You could be describing literally any Trump headline from the last six months. (laughs) You shouldn't do it. (laughs) This is the thing. The more I thought about it, the more I was like, actually, he's just like blown my theory completely out of the water. Because his entire life has been a testament to rising above the idea that caring about your actions might look idiotic is a problem. He's more like, should I do it? Eh, fuck it. You know, like, should I release my own line of steak? Fuck it. A line of lamps? 
Fuck it. Chocolate made to look like gold bars? Fuck it. He's the living embodiment of taking an idea that looks stupid, like, say, running for president, and just following through. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've pardoned him for everything else he's done, so it's really our own fault. <laughs> well, exactly. And Trump's attention has been taken over recently by the investigation over his campaign's uh, connections, as you say, nearly, uh, to Russia. In particular, the role of Trump Jr. in holding previously undisclosed meetings with Russian lawyers uh, and the fact that Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused himself from overseeing the investigation to secure a predetermined outcome that suits Trump's purposes. So you can see why he's talking about pardoning himself now. Pardon? Pardoning himself now, Nelly. You, uh, keep up. <laughs> yes, which brings us to Russia Roundup. Russia Roundup. The new one-time segment I've created as a sequel to our previous one-time segment, Putin Watch 2017. Putin Watch 2017. First up in Russia Roundup, Kislyak Conspiracy. Kislyak Conspiracy Sergei Kislyak, Russian ambassador to Washington and man whose Wikipedia page includes the subsection Allegations of Espionage has made (laughs) (laughs) has made We've said it before if your Wikipedia page includes a subheading that is like controversy you're a bad person Uh, yeah, so Sergei Kislyak has made many a news this week. Uh, Kislyak has just ended his ambassadorship in the US and is going home to the mother country. And not a moment too soon, because it's just come out, courtesy of an intelligence leak, that in addition to his allegedly maybe corrupt, possibly meddling with the US election on Putin's behalf, meetings with Trump campaign officials such as Michael Flynn, Jared Kushner and Jeff Sessions, he also met with one Jeff Sessions. As in, he did it two times. I mean, the first time you could say was a mistake. You know, we've all done that, right? We've yeah. all done that with yeah. someone where we're like, we shouldn't have done that. But in the second time, you know what you're doing. Yeah, joke's on you, second time. <laughs> and the golden shower. Oh. <laughs> I should have known. As the hazing ritual. <laughs> So, we all remember that Attorney General and man who has explicitly been called a racist by the wife of Martin Luther King Jr., Jeff Sessions, <laughs> recused himself from the Russia investigation earlier in the year after the fact that he'd met with Kislyak came out. But at the time, he said, under oath, that he had not discussed the campaign with him on either occasion. And when I said we all remember earlier, I meant, of course, that we do not because the Trump presidency has been a continuous cavalcade of conspiratorial craziness since day one, which was, I stress, a mere six months ago. Anyway, now we have these new intelligence leaks, which contradict Jeff Sessions' testimony that he didn't discuss the campaign with Russian officials. Specifically, Sergei Kislyak told his superiors in Russia that he explicitly did discuss campaign-related matters, presumably while they all laughed in jowl-shaking unison in between shots of vodka. Uh, They're not intelligence leaks unless you believe Trump's Twitter feed. (laughs) They're not, okay? All he did was call them intelligence leaks, okay? Hey, he calls the shots. (laughs) I'll go home now. In other Russian news, things I barely understand. We all remember back in 2014 when Russia did that whole annexing Crimea thing. And again, we obviously don't all remember that because like Beyonce had twins and there was a new Nintendo and stuff. Anyway, now a bunch of Russian-speaking, Russian-sympathetic, Russian-armed, but definitely not Russian-government-backed separatists have declared a creation of a new state in Ukraine. And they're calling it Malorossia, which means, in an astonishing coincidence, Little Russia. No! 
<laughs> a little Russia. It's a little baby Russia. <laughs> it's a little Russia inside Russia. another Russia, like the like the nesting dolls. Anyway, further coincidences. <laughs> Further coincidences also include the repeated colonisation and ethnic cleansings by similarly Russian sympathetic separatists over the last few decades. The separatists announced the formation of their new state in the, quote, former Ukraine via, what else, Twitter, where they attached a copy of their constitution, which was, of course, riddled with typos and the little red squiggly lines from the word processor they typed it up in 10 minutes before they posted it. And even though Moscow hasn't officially recognized this new state, Putin has said that he will protect Russian speakers everywhere, which is again, presumably a coincidence. In other other Russian news, Vladimir Putin rode a bear into a forest, doused a political dissident and street poet in vodka, and then set him alight. <laughs> Duh. Not with a bang. Your audio guide to the end of the world. And speaking of Russia, the noose is somewhat tightening around the neck of the Trump administration around their involvement with Russia in their 2016 presidential election campaign. And in an otherwise regulation interview with a member of the Fox News hive mind circa 1996, Sean Hannity, Kellyanne Conway took an interesting approach to her job of defending the president. And that's an interesting point to begin with because Conway is someone who's not so much a spokesperson for Trump as she is a person who gets stuck in the spokes of a spinning Trump administration wheel. Right? <laughs> Although, to be fair, she's hardly the only person getting stuck in those particular spokes. Right? <laughs> Um, but anyway, close to the interview with Sean Hannity, Conway held up a placard which read, Conclusion, comma, collusion. And then Conway crossed out the second word and said, What's the conclusion? Collusion? No, we don't really have that yet. <laughs> it's really that last word, yet, that really... <laughs> really gives the game away somewhat, you know. Because um, the other thing is, if you really wanted to be accurate about this, you would just need to change the word conclusion, question mark, to evidence, question mark. <laughs> if you went evidence, question mark, collusion, yes. <laughs> there is evidence to suggest that. Um, or, given that Conway wanted these all to be C words, seemingly, she's a fan of alliteration, maybe you just need to change that second word to... Well, you know the C word. You change that to... But then she held up a second card after that that read, illusion, comma, delusion. <laughs> no idea what that means, but she finished by saying, quote, I just thought we'd have some fun with words. <laughs> well, while we're at it, while we're at it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I know that when I'm doing a press interview about alleged collusion between the president and Russia to influence the outcome of an election which could at best rob America of its moral authority until at least 2020, or at worst end in impeachment and Donald Trump leaving office in even more disgrace than I even thought possible, I think, gee, I wonder what the word collusion would get me in Scrabble. You know, like, <laughs> oh God, I completely forgot about that words with friends game I had with Donald. Let, let's see what he played last. Uh, he... Cheated and just wrote Trump again. Okay, uh, Trump, Trump. What, what, uh, what have I got on Trump? I, see, what have I got? I've got, I've got an E, an N, and then an R, S, S, I, A. And I've, I've got to play off Trump. Trump. What, what to do? R, S, S, I, A. Uh, oh, God. This has been staring me in the face for ages. Oh, God. Obviously, obviously. I'll just take the P from Trump. And write penis. P-E-N-I-S. Perfect. That's so obvious, God. That is so embarrassing. I've been staring at that for pretty much the entire time I've worked for Trump and I could not see it. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's great, too, because uh, 
Trump would love to be connected to a massive dangling penis. <laughs> I think Trump would just be happy Conway noted it. <laughs> but that explains everything that Conway's ever said, that she's just having fun with words. <laughs> I will also say penis on a triple word score. 34 points. But Conway also <laughs> said she thought she also said she'd use the cards to quote help the people at home. I think that gives you a great insight into the minds of the people watching a Fox News program. <laughs> you know, like that basically she took the role of like a kindergarten teacher treating the American people as though they're children at story time. Like she's sitting there <laughs> going, and then Donald Trump won the election without any help from the Russians at all. The end. What was that? Collusion? No, children. That's not how you say that word. It's pronounced fake news. Can, can you say that word again? A. No, no, children. You're saying collusion again. Okay, uh, Mr. Boss, you take over from here. I think these kids need remedial lessons and to end up in a gerrymandered district where their votes don't really matter. And uh, if I may, I would like to do a brief impression of the Fox News viewer watching that broadcast. That's him gulping down a, a beer. If the words rhyme, there ain't no crime. Hey guys, we're getting a Ministry of Home Affairs. So, woo-woo. This week, Malcolm announced that they're joining up the Australian Federal Police, the Australian Security and Intelligence Organisation, ASIO, and the Australian Border Force into a massive super department within the year. Now, the announcement was made in front of a giant tank thingy surrounded by blokes with big guns in gas masks. This was definitely for showboating reasons and definitely not because they were threatening to release anthrax through the air vents if he didn't announce their super department before sundown. <laughs> but why? Why are they doing this? Because it's necessary. It's essential. We need it. The agencies have been begging for it. Malcolm said, every day I'm saying... How can I optimise and improve the work we do to keep Australians safe? And this is what he came up with. They need it for efficiency, coordination and integration. But... Um, those are all kind of synonyms. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those words sound good, though, don't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when you, yeah, when you have three of them, it's much more convincing. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the boats. Triple threat. Uh, but it's unnecessary, really. Uh, the system was working fine. There already is efficiency and coordination and integration. So, like, was the whole point just so Malcolm could give a briefing in front of a bunch of dudes wearing gas masks? Was one of the people wearing gas masks Michael Caden? Because I would back, I would put so much money on it being Michael <laughs> Caden just for no reason that he would find that funny. Yeah. Um, but also, like, surely one of the points of this operation is to stop integration. I would have thought that, that would be one of the things <laughs> yeah. they were fighting against. That's yeah. what the guys in gas, gas masks are for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Labor have taken a hard opposition to the new agency, saying, we'll believe this is a good idea when the experts tell Labor it's a good idea. Whoa, 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 Bill. That is so harsh. That is just, oh, that man needs a backbone reduction. <laughs> <laughs> he is he's a badass. So, so opposed. <laughs> Would a backbone reduction reduce him to negative three? Is that... <laughs> It'd just be a neck attached to a pair of hips. <laughs> now, refugee advocates... Just crawling across the floor towards a policy principle. <laughs> I need help. 
Refugee advocates are also concerned immigration will become a teeny-weeny forgotten little speck and that asylum seekers will be forgotten because they're definitely not forgotten now. What even is Who? immigration? <laughs> Do we still have that in this country? No. No. I think they keep immigration, like, in a Petri dish somewhere in, like, The Hague. That's where yeah. they keep immigration. Yeah. You want to keep it, you know, for, for posterity's sake. Just for the sake of reminding you the mistakes you've made. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I Lest thought... we forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yasmin Abdul-Majid. <laughs> well, I think it's actually surprising because the only reason the coalition's been elected for the past 21 years has been by drawing attention to immigration and how bad it is. <laughs> They shouldn't. They really shouldn't fight what they love to hate. <laughs> <laughs> they need each other, like Batman and the Joker. There are also, um, you know, questions about ensuring those agencies abide by the law. Uh, they already have. Really <laughs> that sounds very technical. I don't. I don't think we should get into that. <laughs> yeah, this is just boring restructure. There's nothing to see. There's no dangerous risks of corruption when power is excessively concentrated. Move along. So let's move along to the real reason. Keeping the right wing happy. Attorney General George Brandis, who recently sacked almost the entire administrative appeals tribunal and replaced them with Liberal Party members, is apparently far too left wing to look after the ASIO and the AFP. So it has to go to someone in the right faction, by which I mean the wrong faction. Whoa. But actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not joking. This is tragic. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really bad news. So. Um, is it a clever idea to take away the agencies, the, the Attorney General, who's normally responsible for ensuring governments act lawfully and justly? Or is it taking power away from a vaguely competent Raspberry Pi who wears glasses and giving it to a fascist potato? Well, I mean, in one sense, aren't all potatoes fascist? <laughs> Good point. Georgie Pye has supported the change because his party told him to. No, wait, actually because he's been neglecting his national security duties due to being so busy with all his other responsibilities, like picking which wayfarers frame his face best and staring starry-eyed at his beautiful bookshelves. Surprisingly, the biggest opponent has been Tony Abbott. This is surprising because he's really right-wing, not because he opposes whatever Malcolm says these days. That is not surprising. <laughs> he said, The advice back then was that we didn't need the kind of massive bureaucratic change that the Prime Minister has in mind. But Erica Betts spoke out and said that Abbott is ruining everything. Eric Abetz. Eric Abetz. Oh, they used to be such good friends. What happened? And also, I've decided to become a drag queen and call myself Erica Betts. <laughs> However, there's one more reason that we need a home affairs super department. Because it's like the homeland security in America. And Homeland is a great TV show and Claire Danes is a goddess and Mandy Patinkin is just so great. Please tell me we're not going to get a Homeland TV show that involves, what would it be, Julie Bishop as Claire Danes? Please don't do that to me. But no, Danny Minogue would play, would play Claire Danes playing Julie Bishop, I think. No, oh, I no, think Asha Ketty. No, it's got to be Asha Ketty. Yeah. She can play Claire Danes. Mm. And who, you ask, will be heading this wonderful new agency? I did ask that. Go on. <laughs> Peter Dutton! Peter Dutton. He's, he's, a, he's a bad guy. It's so bizarre to me with Peter Dutton. Like, he is a great example of, like, 
what is apparently referred to as the Rashaman effect, which is where two people can witness or two or more people can witness the same event and have a completely different interpretation of that event. Like, easiest example, is the glass half full? Is the glass half empty? With Peter Dutton, I'm just like, the people who say, oh, Peter Dutton, yeah, he, he could be a conservative leader of Australia. I'm like, no. <laughs> How are you and I looking? Is there another Peter Dutton that I don't see that other people do? You know, like his entire career trajectory has been an example of how two people can witness the same event and have completely different interpretations of it. There actually is another Peter Dutton and he's on Twitter and half of his tweets are just, please stop sending me abuse. I'm not the Mr. Immigration Minister. <laughs> but just, I mean, like, think about all the things he's done, like joking about like climate change and rising sea levels into a mic he didn't realise was on while he was at a Pacific Islands conference and we're all just meant to go yeah okay fair enough fine he's still going to be a minister he's now going to get increased responsibilities no like how has this person continued to excel at their job I have a theory that people just they refuse to look at his face so mm. like they give him all this responsibility so because go everyone, away <laughs> yeah, so, that, so that no one will pay attention to it because it's too hard to pay attention to Peter Dutton for too long about because it's so painful to look yeah. at his face <laughs> yeah it just goes to show how, how far blind ambition and relentless authoritarianism will get you <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of two people being able to look at the same thing and and assess totally different realities, what was it? Last year, Peter Dutton looked at Omid, the man on Nauru who set himself on fire and subsequently died, and said of that, he's just trying to get to Australia. Which is, you know, in a body bag, sure. (laughs) Sure, well, mission accomplished. I love joking about dead people. (sighs) No, just the glass is half full of Peter Dutton being a dead shit. That's what's happening. Wow, he's such an optimist, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) I would have said overflowing. You're listening to Not With A Bang, your audio guide to the end of the world. Well, uh, coming back now to the constipated communications department of the Trump administration, and Sean Spicer has resigned after a tumultuous six months in the position of uh, press secretary to Donald Trump. But it's important that we don't just remember him for his gaffes, memorable as they are, things like, you know, referring to Prime Minister Trumbull rather than Turnbull, uh, retweeting The Onion and seemingly believing it was a valid news source, despite The Onion being much closer to fake news than anything the administration has ever said was actually fake news. Uh, Or who could forget that time that he said that Adolf Hitler was better than Bashar al-Assad, whom obviously he called Ashad, because (laughs) at least Hitler didn't use chemical weapons on his own citizens, uh, and then followed up that error with a reference to Holocaust centres like they were fucking Westfields. (laughs) Truly, his prolific achievements in just six months make him one of the shining stars of the Trump administration. Trying to put together his greatest hits is like trying to assemble Neil Young's. You know, there were just too many great tracks to choose from. That, incidentally, is a comparison that I'm sure Neil Young would fucking hate. (laughs) But no, we can't just remember Sean Spicer for his funny gaffes. It's important we remember him for being a lying piece of shit (laughs) and a shill for an incompetent and potentially corrupt administration. That is the legacy this piece of shit leaves behind. It's got to be hard of gold, though. (laughs) That's a classic. Yeah, yeah. Spicer singing Heart of Gold. He wants to live. (laughs) He wants to go. 
It's just searching for a heart gold. <laughs> It'd be close to a heart of orange, surely, if it was Trump. <laughs> but the reason Sean Spicer resigned was as a result of the appointment of Anthony Scaramucci. Uh, Anthony Scaramucci is known by his nickname, The Mooch. Uh, aptly given him because, as a hedge fund manager, his job is largely to dick around making speculative deals with other people's money. And then, upon taking the job, he deleted a bunch of his old tweets and openly acknowledged that that's what he was doing, even claiming that he was doing it for transparency. Which is probably the first time anyone has ever selectively deleted history and claimed it made them more transparent. But the tweets he deleted included things like supporting gay marriage, supporting gun control, supporting action on climate change, being pro-choice, and being against Trump's wall. He also said what he said previously doesn't matter because he now works for the president and all that matters is that he loves the president. He said he loves the president like 18 times in his first press conference, which is creepy, right? <laughs> um, and sure, I mean, look, we've all said and done things that we regret in the past. For example, you know, I will spend the rest of my life hiding photographs of me in a Alexander Downer for PM t-shirt. I just thought it'd be funny, okay? Right? <laughs> I didn't actually believe it. <laughs> but some of his tweets are worth asking about. For instance, he previously criticised Trump as another hack politician. I mean, he expressed support for Clinton, and at one stage he even challenged Trump, saying, quote, you are an inherited money dude from Queens. Bring it. Now, obviously autocorrect has misspelt douche as dude there. But that's not the point. Um, but even worse than that, right, the worst tweet he's deleted was probably the one where he suggested that the new BlackBerry model would rejuvenate the brand. I just can't trust someone who thinks that, right? I just cannot trust someone who thinks a BlackBerry would beat an iPhone. And Scaramucci's hiring caused Spicer to go, as well as created tension with White House Chief of Staff Wrights Priebus who had previously prevented Scaramucci from being appointed to another position in the White House on the basis of ethical concerns about his overseas investments, which raises two questions. First, holy shit, did anyone else completely forget Reince Priebus was still alive? Like, for a second, I had genuinely forgotten he had a job. But secondly, oh, so there are people in the White House who are concerned about ethics. Hmm. I didn't realise... <laughs> I didn't realise that was still a thing, that was a concept they acknowledged existed, right? I thought at the same time that they decided it was okay to flat out lie about your administration's contact with Russia during the election campaign, you just forgot ethics existed. Can I just ask, what's a, what's a Reince Priebus? I think it's a type of European car, I think, <laughs> that well, runs on batteries and... Yeah, like green yeah. energy yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that would be why it's so concerned about ethics. I think his parents spelled out his name with uh, alphabet fridge magnets and then they just jumbled them all up and went, let's go with that. It's like, yeah, again, going back to Kellyanne Conway, I think that was just the highest score they could come up with in Scrabble. <laughs> that was, that was mum and dad coming up with like words with friends against each other. <laughs> right, previous, done. <laughs> Our last name is Smith. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> And in honour of the irrepressible memory of Sean Spicer's tenure as US Press Secretary, we now present The Ballad of Sean Spicer. And it goes a little something like this. There once was a man named Sean Spicer. There weren't no man more bona fide than he. A press secretary, a noble visionary, the man to set the West Kofi fee. When Spicy wrote on in to give a briefing to the press, if any man stepped out of line, a lashing and 
from Oak Deck Sess, hard over Knox, sting of a bee, there never were a man like Sean Spicey, never shy to make a statement correction. By the way, have you seen the new Ivanka Trump collection? At 548, he's a dreamy heartthrob. He's still there because nobody else wants the job. On accuracy, Spicy never did fumble. Uh, George Trudeau, allies around the grove. Prime Minister Trumbull. His penis so large there's residual. The grass eliminated this visual. A man of many talents and nerves of steel. A history buff, he invented the wheel. He carved out truth like a crackerjack Whitler. Someone as despicable as Hitler. Our hero gives press briefings like he gives his wife action. No lights, no cameras, no satisfaction. Every morning, Spicy dons his big boy pants. When we talked about wiretapping, he meant surveillance. His explanations, they could never be refused. The president issued a memorandum. No, I'm not confused. You know there's no one nicer than the man in the bushes, Sean Spicer. We would have to go back to the drawing table in the future. Uh, I, I, I think respectfully, I would disagree. I think we do a very good job. That was not with a bang. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of those at the handle at NWABpod. Uh, please do, if you feel so inclined, rate us on Apple Podcasts or and and or iTunes. The scale is between one and five stars. It's up to you how many stars you give it. Start with three and go from there. Yeah, that'd be great because then uh, the Apple algorithms may notice that we exist and someone might listen to this show one day. Who knows? Also, look out for Pat's new Facebook page if I ever get around to doing it. Shut up. I'll do it. <laughs> what would that be? <laughs> Pat McCaffrey, would you say? Probably. I'll see. The name's probably already taken. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be Pot McKeefrey. <laughs> so easy to find. <laughs> what did Pam say last week? <laughs> not, not last week, last time. Pete Marzipan. Yeah, Pete Marzipan. <laughs> uh, you can also follow Pat on Twitter at, at Pat McCaffrey. That's true. You can also follow Lance at, at Lance Turnbull. And you can follow Nelly at... I don't go on Twitter. I don't know my Twitter handle. Okay, don't follow on Twitter. This was going so smoothly and you ruined it. (laughs) We're never having Nelly back again. No, I'm sorry. Um, Go on Facebook and find my page. It's called Lolsworthy. It's got a Z instead of an S. Lolsworthy. L-O-L-Z worthy? L-O-L-Z worthy. Um, And it's very funny and ranty and... Uh, I haven't written on it for bloody months because I study law and it's hard and time consuming. <laughs> All me. right, excuses, excuses. You, you should call that page, buddy, Lawsworthy. You do law. There we go. Laws, there we go. Lawsworthy. Yeah, right. cut, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, watch The Leak, which is hosted by some other people, but also Pat McCaffrey. And Nelly and I are both writers on The Leak every Friday, 8.30, Channel 31 or Facebook or YouTube. That's not with a bang. Thanks for joining us, Nelly. 